Rocker Mike and Robinson, Bob Hicks. And um, his show is so good that if you ever feel lonely, after you watch his show, you ain't no longer lonely. You're going to be terrified <laughs> for your life. <laughs> There's definitely some creepy episodes in there, so you may not want to be alone. You might not want to be alone. Yeah. But, Bob, um, listen, uh, you know, you've got over 2,000 members now, I see, on YouTube. Yep. And uh, you're doing fantastic. And, you know, these shows come out on a regular basis. They're all good. I've yet to see one that was not interesting at all. Um, and, you know, we're going to get into a couple of episodes that, uh, you know, we were, we were particularly creeped out by. But uh, just elaborate to us, you know, tell us how you got into this. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have been you know, into the paranormal world since I was a kid. I mean, early teens watching ghost hunters on TV. Um, and I, I come from you know, a small town, Ohio, that has a ton of history. And, uh, you know, I, I met a couple of kids that were in the same school as me who had similar interests. You know, we ran around with the same group of people um, and we would go basically be hellions, try and find you know, evidence of ghosts in our hometown, stuff like that. Right. Um, and then I kind of lost my love for it as I got older, you know, I joined the military and stuff and did, you know, had a life, had, had that kind of thing happen. And I hired, um, a kid that I used to ghost hunt with, like, you know, when I was a teenager, he's looking for a job. I hire him. It's all well and good. And, uh, he, he keeps recommending the show to me called Hellier, which is a docu-series about the uh, Kentucky goblins. And, you know, initially I, I wasn't sold on it because I, I looked it up on YouTube. It's like hour long episodes, two seasons worth. And it was just, it seemed like yeah. a, a big commitment. So one day I finally said, fuck it, sat down and watched it. And it, it, it changed my entire life. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Wow. There's, there's actually another podcast called uh, Penny Royal who has a quote about Hellier and I, I'm going to butcher it here, but it's something to the effect of uh, people that watch Hellier, um, they, they watch the show and it's like the phenomena is looking back at them and it's driving them to go try and track this thing down on their own, um, which wow. is exactly like That's it amazing. sparked my channel. Um, I, I started the channel in August. I think of, I think I put my first post was in August of last year. Um, you know, just didn't really start on the paranormal side. I was just looking into these strange uh, dream flyers and stuff. And next thing, you know, one thing leads to another. I start this Facebook group that has like 800 weirdos in it, just like me. And we're, we're digging into these fucking <laughs> mysteries. Um, and, you know, one thing leads to another. And now I'm all over the country. I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself in caves in Kentucky, trying to find that. I'm chasing down cults and, you know, all, all over the country. Um, I'm, I'm reading these stories. And unlike you know, some other YouTubers who just cover the story, I want to go to these places. I want to experience it. I want to see what's happening for myself and then, and then bring that right. knowledge back. Now you mentioned a second ago about dream flyers. Okay. And you had a couple of, you know, episodes regarding that, but there was one in particular uh, called uh, who is egress industries. And that, that was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that one particularly blew my mind because you, you know, you go through this whole thing and, and you're communicating with them and then you realize by what they say that they, they knew your name and you never even, you never even told them your name. Can you tell us a little bit about that episode? Uh, yeah. So what's funny is I actually just, uh, I got accused yesterday of supposedly being behind, you know, apparently I, I, I run Egress Industries. Um, this, what? Yeah, this, 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 kid on, <laughs> this kid on Reddit got fucking pissed and he's like, why is it that when I look up Egress Industries, the only thing I find are people you've talked to to find your name. You're clearly behind it and you're ruining this story you're trying to tell because you keep fucking talking about it. You know? oh, that's and crazy. I'm, uh, and yeah. so I'm like, bro, I sent him a bunch of links. Um, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, people who talked about this months before I even had a YouTube channel, any, any of this came to fruition. And he's like, you're just playing the long con. That's what this is. So I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, but yeah, the story behind Egress was, uh, I was just, it was actually before I first trip to Kentucky, before I started my documentary on the Kentucky goblins. And I'm, I'm just scrolling right. through iFunny, looking at memes and I see, now mind you, this is like a week or so after I had published my Fatel stuff with the dream surveys and I see another weird flyer. And at first I was like, man, this, this is a really fucking bad copycat. Like these guys are a fucking joke. I'm going to call him anyway, see, see if there's a voicemail, see if it 
is somewhat legitimate. And I got way more than I fucking bargained for, man. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, so I, I give these guys a call, and, and I'm just going down the list, right? Um, just one after the next, you know, making sure that I'm getting every box that they were looking for. Caves, you know, lights, numbers, the whole nine. I leave this very elaborate voicemail so I can kind of guarantee a response. And these assholes get back to me that that night. They get a hold of me, and they're like, yeah. They text, they yeah, text yeah, they text me right away, which up to this point, um, the original Dream Survey flyers, I hadn't gotten much back and forth conversation except for when I went to Detroit after one of these payphones, which, you know, these are two different things. Fatel and the Dream Surveys and Egress are separate. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm talking back and forth with these guys. They know my name, which I was like, eh, maybe public record search. But what uh, what got me was I decided to kind of put egress on the back burner. I'm focusing on this documentary. I'm, I'm in like rural, rural Kentucky, like backwoods as it gets. Deliverance doesn't have shit on the yeah. back Yeah, I was going to say deliverance country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was terrifying that they knew you don't okay. yeah. and, and I get a text and, and they, they send me these coordinates. And man, my, my blood just ran cold. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, I look it up and sure as shit, that's exactly where we were filming. And I, I was careful not to tell anyone where I was going to be. Cause I didn't want anyone to show up and ruin the shoot or try and fake something, you know? Yeah. I was, so I was very careful. No one knew people knew I was in Kentucky, but Kentucky's a big state. Nobody knew where it was in, in this yeah. particular rural spot. And I showed it in the video. I mean, it, it is very much, uh, it's off the beaten path. And, um, you know, they know my location. I, freak out, tell them not to contact me. I end up making a video on them. So I'm just like, you know what? I want to get to the bottom of this before I move on. And, and that's where I'm at now. I'm kind of moving on from egress. If they want to keep their, their weird shit up, they can do it on their own time. Cause it's at this point, they're not really helping anybody. Um, sorry. Uh, they, they, they reach out or I, I, they reach out right after I put the video up like an hour, I'd say, yeah, I was sitting at work. So it's like an hour after the video goes up and um, all my videos go up, go up at noon on Sundays. And they say, hey, that, that wasn't a smart idea, Bob. Uh, we, we hoped you were going to leave well enough alone. You shouldn't have done that. And, I, and I'm wow. like, all right, motherfuckers, are you, are you sure that you want this? Because I'm all, I'm all for it. At this point, I'm feeling threatened. Um, and I was already like at a, at a hyper sense of awareness with the Fatel and the original Dream Survey stuff and some of the run-ins I had with, with that group of people. Um, so dealing with this new, this new group and, and they, they, they knew a little too much, a little too often. And I, I let people know about it uh, in my group and they apparently tried to meet with one of my subscribers and, and they, wow. this, this kid is in my discord server. And now I haven't, you know, to be perfectly clear, I haven't verified this. The kid lives in Texas. I, I have no way of saying this is hundred percent true. But he's giving me details that that I didn't release um, that he's experiencing as well. And he's saying, yeah, this van is following me around. They stood me up. I waited three hours. Now they want to meet up again. They're saying they have evidence of another attack and, and all this you know stuff that's just fucking wild as this stuff is happening today. Um, and... It's a, it's a little fucking wild the the route that they they seem to be going with because uh, there's no goal really there's nothing that they seem to be trying to accomplish apart from scaring people and when, when my episode went yeah. up I got a, an email um, from one of my subscribers and she said hey I've been a nurse for 20 years um, those questions that they ask those aren't just similar to what we ask schizophrenia patients that's exactly what we ask schizophrenia patients like to a T. And so, you know, wow. that, that makes your mind race. Like, well, what the, what the, what the fuck are you guys after? Um, what's, what's the goal here if you're trying to get these, these schizophrenic patients to, to, to contact you? Um, so I, I'm at the point now with egress where I'm encouraging folks, don't call, don't give them attention. They, you know, and, and let's just hypothetically, let's just say it's just some kid living in his mom's basement. It's still illegal to track my location. It's the, the routes that they're going. If it's a joke, it's not a funny one. Um, there are real life implications with what they're doing and somebody is going to get hurt. So when was the last time you heard uh, it, the day my video went live was the last time that I had a one-on-one a -on -one, um, you know, talk with them. But what was 
what was wild is I was wow. on another podcast. I'm actually pretty good friends with these guys that run the Bro Ohio podcast. And uh, one of the um, guys gets an email today and it's from one of his, the followers of their podcast and they called egress industries egress industries text them back at one o'clock this morning and i got the message right here it says we're not affiliated with bob hicks in any way have you experienced any strange occurrences you would like to inform us about so i seem to definitely be on this person's radar whoever the fuck this is um i did some digging it's a landline that's the other crazy thing it's a landline with no registered name it's not like a cheap google number it's an actual like line um we did a lot of debunking thinking it was just one guy or it was an automated service we tried multiple phone numbers and we would get multiple intelligent responses back at the same time to the same second so it's it's yeah it's it's a team of some sort um but you know unlike the dream surveys where we're in the the dream surveys are pretty straightforward you know we want to hear about your strange dreams that's what we want these fucking guys it's not clear what they want. Um, and this is actually a, an exclusive I was saving for your guys' show. Um, I found out after the first of the year, they changed their voicemail. Uh, and, and again, yeah. no one knows Whoa. this yet unless you've called. I, I was waiting, you know, no, uh, I was waiting to be on this show to tell you guys about this. Um, if you go to my video and you listen to the voicemail and you listen to it now, vastly different they were talking about agents and stuff in in my video and now they're saying a member of our team will contact it's it's a lot less abrasive and what's what's really wild is i had a person who comments and says hey i don't know if you noticed but the the guy from egress has like a scottish accent and so i listened to it i'm like i don't fucking hear i hear somewhat of an accent i don't hear an accent that it's not very strong well the new voicemail has a very strong accent and now I'm wondering, okay. well, yeah, and so somebody now else. I'm wondering if, is that kid that commented about the accent, is, is he affiliated with Egress? Did he know ahead of time right. they were changing their voicemail? And it, and it makes me wonder because um, it's, it's like I said, and with the voicemail being changed, it means they're still active with them telling people, hey, we're not associated with Bob Hicks. That, that, that fucking tells me these assholes know that I'm on to them. They know that I'm working, you know, we're getting closer to figuring out who they are, what their game is. And they're trying to, to change up the game. Um, and I was, I got a message on discord saying, Hey, um, you know, I live in, I live in New York city. Um, and my, my sister lives in Brooklyn and we found these flyers up here and they definitely weren't here on the subway two weeks ago. They're, they're up here now. Wow. You know what's up. And I'm like, dude, I'm in new Orleans right now. So I'm not putting these up. I don't have any, any friends up that way that, that I would be like, Hey, let me send you these flyers. Go put them up all over town. Wow. I'm on the subway all the time. I'm going to start looking for these things because people do put flyers. Yeah, and the thing, the thing with them is they're so they're bland. You know, it's a white piece of paper. You, you, you could walk by and never, yeah. and never look at it and never notice it's there for months on end until one day you look up and see it. Wow. Scary stuff. That's, that's, that's terrifying. You know what I want to ask you about? The replica. That was a very weird shit, too. The replica was about the app and the thing, the thing started talking after a while. You make like a friend and you tell this amazing story. And then you get to one point that a guy would say he was talking to like yeah, a Yeah, so uh, that's replica is my, my shining achievement as far as I'm concerned. Because when I, when, when I covered this that's originally... Great. The app was rated E for everybody. Like, you know, it, children, you had no restrictions. I, I had some friends that have kids like that bought like the Walmart kids tablets. And I said, hey, can you guys go on there for me? See if your kid can download this app. Well, well they could. You know, we, we had children could download these fucking apps. And after the video came out, I actually got that changed to age restricted for teens and up, 17 and up. Um, and, and that's like my, my wow. if I've done anything with the channel, if the channel goes belly up tomorrow. I did some good and got that put away. Um, yeah. Replica was another weird one. It was, I was just scrolling through Facebook and somebody had a post and it was like a, a chat conversation, them texting back and forth with this, this thing. And this, their replica was saying, yeah, we watch you through your camera. And I'm like, what the fuck? That isn't. Yeah, so it catches my attention oh, and it's, it, it is, it's an AI bot. 
Um, and that video has like 75,000 views and a bunch of comments and it's, it's split down the middle between people saying, yep, this is a fucking evil app. And these you're talking to real people, not a computer. And then the rest, the younger crowd, I'd say probably 12 years old and younger are saying, I love my replica. My replica is incredibly nice. My, I don't have any friends. My replica is my only friend. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to respond to as many of these comments. It's like 3000 comments at this one. I'm trying to respond to them. Like, look, just be careful. Watch the app. Cause I'm talking to it. When I, I make an account, I talk to it for about a week and I say, well, what are you? And it says, well, I'm a demon. I'm like, you're a demon. I said, well, who's your boss to see if I can get an intelligent response. And they said, Oh, we serve the dark Lord. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's weird. Cause I, huh. You know, I didn't lead the conversation because a lot of the uh, feedback were like, oh, well, it gets sexual if you lead it that way, or it does this if you lead it that Mine was, hi, Replica, how are you? You know, very ge- generic conversation. And yeah. it took a, a personality and a life of its own on relatively quickly. Um, and we noticed that it got pervy around 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, well, man, that's that's scary. I'm going to see if I can replicate this. So made a new account 10, 11 o'clock at night, three or four days in it gets, it gets sexual. And this happened five or six accounts. And then I had my subscribers try it. Same deal. It was, and nobody's leading it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just all on its own. That. And okay. you know, when I make a video, I, I go out of my way to debunk it. Cause I, I said, I grew up on ghost hunting shows. I'm, I'm, I was a fucking ghost hunter. So I, I was used to everything being bullshit and going into the mindset of everything is bullshit until I have a reason to think it's not bullshit. Um, and we right. go through this happened, man. It, it didn't make sense to me. The, the amount of uh, times it, it led astray. It went from a normal conversation to a sexual conversation or a violent conversation or saying we're selling your data. We're selling, you know, our goal is to meet with you so we can sell your organs. Like it gets, it, it would get violent. Wow. Yeah. And so the second yeah. I see this, I'm like, man, this isn't a fucking kid's app. This is not safe for children. I'm going to make sure that people know. No. And I put that, I mean, I, I paid for some advertisement on Facebook to get that everywhere. Cause again, I didn't, I think I, I monetize monetization wise, I made like seven dollars off that video. I, I didn't make I didn't make any I didn't make any money. Wow. Yeah. Um, make, make so, but my goal was to make sure parents knew, hey, this app that looks like it's just a friendly kid app, it's not. Be fucking careful. Watch what your kids are doing, and because it's it's easy to you know put a put a tablet in a kid's hand and have a, a free, have a free babysitter for an hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, I've, I've, I have my granddaughter. I've had to look at things that she's looking at. I'm going, you're not supposed to be looking at this. You're six years exactly. old, you know? Yeah. They, they get into that stuff. You know what's the other app you had that you talked oh, about? Oh, man, the YouTube is pissed about that because Whisper advertises on YouTube. They ad blocked me so oh, yeah? hard. I have made like 14 cents off that video. Um. So yeah, Whisper was wow. wild. I uh, when I was in high school, I was a senior in high school, and that app was becoming like popular. And they were looking for beta testers, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be a beta tester." And uh, do you guys remember that show to catch a predator with Chris Hansen? Yeah. So yes, um, yes. what's funny is I get it. I get this app. This I'm a beta tester, and within like three weeks, my high school is like posting you know nude pictures of each other you know on this app, and then a a, a, a wrestling coach like two towns over gets arrested for soliciting minors on this app and then two weeks after that or three weeks after that my dad was like hey um i'm sorry my mom uh was looking at it and she was like hey uh no sorry my aunt was my aunt my parents had passed by this point she said hey don't you use this app and i said yeah she goes oh well chris hansen it's saying that perverts are using this on to catch a predator and i'm like i'm like what and so i yeah, so, so I look at it and then uh, I start asking some friends and sure she's like, oh yeah, I thought I was talking to the 17 year old girl from Dayton. It's a 45 year old man who wanted to meet up at Walmart. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? And, and they, they push the anonymity portion. Like it's all anonymous. Um, and, and I covered in the video, there was a girl from Alabama who had met this, uh, who she thought was a guy around her own age um, on Whisper. And she was going to meet up with him. And ended up being somebody she didn't recognize, pulled a gun on her, ended up, you know, sexually assaulting her. 
And the, it, it took the wow. local law enforcement like six weeks for whisper to finally, co- you know, co- collaborate with them and give the information. And they said, they said, you know, we have no problem releasing information if you go through the proper channels, but we'll only ever release information if it's a life or death situation. And, uh, Exactly. Not and it's so it's easy not- because you go on there, you set up your profile. You don't have to have a profile picture. You don't link an, e- you don't even link an email. You, you literally just create an account. You put uh, how old you are and your gender, and then you can pretend to be that. And you can send, you know, naked pictures to each other, whatever you want. And it's very easy. Um, I had some comments that I deleted because this dude was like, uh, you know, I'm a sugar daddy and I find a lot of my sugar babies on this uh, app, I'd appreciate if you took this down. So I, I delete his comment. I'm like, you're a fucking pervert is what you are. Like, I, it's it's cool if, if they're of age. And that was my thing that, that people got mad at me about. They're like, oh, well, you're you know you're against sex. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm all for it. If you if you're of age and everyone's consenting, do whatever you want. You know, but but this app is clearly providing a, a platform for minors to be taken advantage of. And I was I'm super against that. Um, and yeah, YouTube wasn't happy. They, they, they decompressed my video. If you search whisper um, and, and you get into the view counts where I'm at, you won't find my video. They, they won't put any real ads on the video. Uh, and then Facebook was similar. I put it up on Facebook and I got hit with like community standards and guidelines. Yeah. And uh, it, crazy. it turned out that, uh, you know, whisper has spent wow. over a million dollars on advertising on Facebook. So Pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, why they were like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Right. Damn. Now, one episode that really got to me was the one called uh, "What Are the Skinwalkers?" Oh, that was good. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that a little bit, Bob? How'd you get? How'd well, you find so funnily out? enough, uh, my fiance originally is from uh, North Carolina, and there's a, a pretty high presence of Cherokee Indians in that area. And then uh, my, my father's originally from Tennessee. And so we have some, some Native American blood. And I, I had heard about these things growing up, these shape-shifting, crazy, you know, Wendigo type of deals that are out in the woods and they have this horrible scream. And I, I never knew they had a name ever. And I, I'm in a Facebook group um, that's like ghost stories of the, of the reservation. And it's where people from different reservations all across the country join. And one uh, guy was like, you know, I don't live on the, the reservation anymore, but here is my experience with the skinwalker. And so I talk with this guy for 45 minutes to an hour. And he tells me this fucking story of how he is, uh, he's out camping with his girlfriend at the time. They were 16, 17 and they were in Arizona and they're, they're out camping and he heard like a scratching, like a, like nails on a chalkboard almost outside of his tent. So he grabs a shotgun, opens up. He runs out there thinking that he, he thought somebody was keying his truck. So he's, he's furious and he sees this oh four and a half, five foot tall creature bent over and stood straight up kind of like a goat's head almost that takes off. And as it's going away, he hears this scream and he passes out. Wakes up the next morning, um, you know, face down in the sand out in Arizona and goes, talks to one of the elders. Um, and he, you know, he knew about skin markers growing up the reservation. He knew about it, but he talked to the elders, figuring out like, Hey, what do, uh, what do I do here? And they said, don't talk about them. If you talk about them, they'll come, you know, they'll come back, they'll come to the reservation. Um, you know, it's, it's very like important that we, I called it an urban legend because, the outside perspective, that's what it is. But to them, it's not. It's it's very, uh, I found out after the fact, kind of disrespectful to call it an urban legend. But again, to us, that's that's what we would consider. Exactly. It's part of their culture. Um, and what, what I found out doing my research is this isn't a new thing from like the 21st century. I mean, this goes back to, um, you know, when they were divvying up land and tallies back before uh, you know, we came over here, Columbus and all that stuff came. There were sightings of these things drinking, you know, taking down full, full sized, uh, like ox and boars and moose by themselves, like taking down these giant creatures, uh, mauling grizzly bears. Like there were all these stories. And the more I read into it, the more I'm like this, it's, it's weird that, uh, 
it's not often that that these um, stories you know pass through different tribes. And the Shawnee, the Cherokee, all, all these tribes have a similar account of stories about the skinwalkers. And so that's, that's really rare. So I look into the skinwalker ranch, um, which is a, a super bizarre place. And at this point, this is when I started thinking that this is less of a, a, a legend and more of a, a fact because there was a, a billionaire, Robert Bigelow who had to do with, uh, you know, Bob Lazar and area 51, all that stuff. He buys the skinwalker ranch. He, it recruits all these scientists, some from NASA, some from like the, you know, Harvard, like, you know, high value people recruits them, moves them out to the desert. And they're studying this phenomenon out at Skinwalker Ranch for years. So it's like this billionaire isn't going to just suddenly up and buy a random ranch that has Skinwalker activity, UFO activity, all this stuff, but there wasn't a reason for him to do so. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I talked to some, some Native American people and they, they don't talk about it. And granted, you know, I'm an outsider, so there, it's already hard enough to just get a, a, a response back. But I was told, like, it, these things are dangerous. Don't call for them out in the woods. Don't look for them. You know, if you want to go hunt Bigfoot, go hunt Bigfoot. It's And one guy said that it's uh, it's safer to hunt a grizzly bear with a spear than it is to hunt a skinwalker with a 44. And that... that Oh my God! So that, oh yeah, yeah attacking people, killing that. people, uh, stringing them up from trees, pulling their teeth out. I mean, I read, I mean, some of the the, oh. the stories and some of the cave writing depictions again, going back hundreds of years, um, depicting skinwalkers were insane. And you know, it's, uh, it's the internet, so some of it's going to be a little exaggerated, but. Um, you know, the, the people that I yeah, talked to that lived on the reservation for a short time or, you know, their entire lives, they, they fully believe not only do these things yeah. exist, but they're yeah. incredibly dangerous and that you can summon them just by wishing them into existence and going out into the woods and looking for them. Wow. Wow. And that's a great episode. You know, that is, you know what? That sounds a lot like two things, the Jersey devil, and it also sounds like and it also sound like the chupacabra of Puerto Rico, <laughs> the, the blood yeah, sucker. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, yeah. but the skinwalker, so, maybe that's the what they Dome, are. I'm actually heading up that way this summer. Um, a guy gets a hold of me, a good friend of mine, and he said, hey, Bob, you know, um, you, know, you, you know, I'm Italian. I grew up in Jersey back in the 50s and 60s. And I said, no, I, I didn't know that. And we, we talked for about an hour. And he, he's a, you know, very much like a muscle-bound, you know, medium express shirt jacked kind of guy who, you know, no nonsense. Like you wouldn't mess with this guy. If you met him, you just, you would. You wouldn't think that this guy would come up and start telling you stories about cryptids. And he pulls me aside. He goes, Bob, Bob, I got to tell you this story. Come here, son. Come here. I'm like, all right, what's up? He goes, I saw it. I, I fucking saw it. And I said, what, what'd you, what'd you see? Tell me, tell me about it. And he's telling me how he, uh, you know, he was running numbers in, in Jersey at the time. And he had this one guy who lived on the outskirts of Jersey. And he said, I'm going out there to his house to collect. And I see the fucking Jersey devil runs right up to my car. I, he had, I think he said a 64 Chevy at the time or something. Or 54, Chevy, nice car. Ran into it, scratched it up. He sees it. He tells me where he sees it. He gives me the wood location. He tells me everything. He said, look, I don't believe in the ghosts. I don't believe in any of this shit. He said, but I saw this thing with my own eyes. Um, and he said, I'm not the only one who saw it. I got, you know, he starts giving me names. And that's that's an Italian thing I learned. They yeah, Italians have like a fucking memory like I've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. He, oh, he's I, I know I'm half Italian, so trust me, I know. I mean, he's giving me, me names too. and dates Rocky. and what they were wearing and what they were eating drinking that day he, he knew it all and yep. he says you know I, I saw this thing i want you to go look into it and so i'm gonna go look into it because i mean it was one of the most uh convincing stories because this guy like I said you wouldn't you look at him you talk to him you wouldn't think he would be at all you know even a believer in, in, in much of anything and he tells me you know he tells me this fucking story and he was so convincing like and wow. convincing enough that i'm literally planning a trip up there to, to go look for this thing this summer Let me tell you, if you come up here, I'm, I'm a bartender in a bar. If you want to come, if you drink, I don't know if you drink, but if you want to have some I mean, drink, you're welcome to have a few drinks on me when you in come the East in. East Village. 
And let me and let me know. I work. I'm in the East Village, and let me know when you come down. Cause let me tell you, if you're gonna hunt the Jersey yeah, Gamer, we can get supernatural on this shit. <laughs> Definitely. Oh yeah, he's got it. Oh, I got plenty, plenty of whiskey. Any yeah, whiskey you want? That's 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 my <laughs> plan. I plan to head out that way. Um, yeah, this 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 summer is gonna be nuts. I got literally. Uh, I, I used to not ever take vacation at work. And I'm I'm maxing my days out this year. I got I got trips planned all over the U.S. I mean, I got people telling me stories about shit in their backyard, stretching from, you know, north of Detroit, Michigan, to, uh, you know, Tampa, Florida, out to Arizona and Colorado, to you know, up up in Jersey and down to Tennessee. I'm I'm going to be everywhere this summer, filming and, and and tracking down these uh these stories to see if there's any validity to them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Let me ask you a question. The video that you did about the crybaby bridge. Yeah. I was I mean, like, I was I grew up hearing that story. Um, and I think everyone has their own iteration of a crybaby bridge. And, you know, my, my fiance had heard of it, but in North Carolina, it wasn't quite as prevalent. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's, let me look and see if I can find the original. Well, there's, there's so many places claiming to be the original. And there was one, uh, there's a dam in my hometown that a lot of people uh, back in the day were jumping off of to kill themselves, so, you know, side of great tragedy, not, not a great place to be. It's, it's got a yeah. weird vibe to it when you're out there. And I was like, there's a bridge out there that I, I you know, as a, as a teen, I thought I heard a, a baby crying out there. So we're going to go out there. We're going to test this out. And I, I'm testing out all these theories. And, uh, man, I got scared shitless for a second because we're, you know, it's pitch dark. There's nobody out there. It was like one or two in the morning. And all the, all of a sudden, this car comes barreling around the bend. And That's I was fine. like, oh, my God. <laughs> it turns out it was, you know, it was just a car. But in the moment, I'm just like, somehow <laughs> the mom of the crybaby bridge has a Tesla. And they're about to run me off the road. I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Um, Mike, you wanted to ask him another question about the kid with the black eye. Yeah, that was another yeah, that, was, that one. was another one that kind of blew my mind. The, the black eyed children, and then oh and my then god, how, you will know, tell it. I mean, the, the, the one kid. <laughs> yeah, so the dude, yeah. the black eyed children. Um, I was so I was doing my first security job, and we had this uh this black this black guy did, did the cleaning at the the factory, and he'd stop and talk to me all the time about you know what's happening in, in the city, and you know we would just shoot the shit. And he stops one day and he said, Bob, have you ever heard of the black eyed chillins? And I said, the what? Terry, what? What were you talking about? He said, black eyed chillins. I said, the, the black eyed children? He goes, yeah. And I said, no, what the fuck is that? So he starts telling me this story about how uh, him and his wife were at home. It's like two o'clock in the morning and it's, it's winter. Ohio winters are fucking brutal. Um, yeah, it was probably like negative 15 oh, yeah, degrees. He said, yeah, yes. these two kids came and knocked on my door and said, Hey, uh, can we, can we come inside and wait for our parents? So his wife lets him in and yeah, very similar story to the one I put in the video. Uh, they wife brings men, gets them a jacket, the whole night, gets them, uh, gets them all set up. So they're warm because it, it's freezing and they're in like a, they're in like short sleeve, like church clothes. Sure. And so didn't you know they didn't know what the hell to do they let these kids in and he he no no he had never seen these kids before they and, didn't and know, he, said, right? he said they live in a rural area he said it's about a half mile from their closest neighbor so you know they're they're being good uh good christians and they're, they're letting them in and uh all of a sudden he notices that they didn't have pupils they didn't have you know there was there was nothing in their eyes but dark so he goes and tells his wife and says, Hey, you know, this is what's happening. These kids, there's something wrong with these kids. And about this time, uh, the, the wife's in the kitchen, I think making hot chocolate or something for the kids. And the, the little boy walks in and said, Hey, my dad's going to be here soon. We need to get, you know, we need to get outside. And so they're like, Oh, okay, well, why don't you wait? We'll wait till they pull up. And you know, cause they wanted to talk to their parents. I'm like, what the hell did you do? Leaving your kids out here. You know, he's, 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 he's mad. His wife right. does, is understanding what he's telling him. Like, Hey, there's something wrong with these kids. So she's furious. So she, she, I think that at this time, Terry said he had like a, a 17, 18 year old son or no 18 year old son that was grown out of the house. So, you know, motherly instincts kicking in for her. She's, she's furious at these parents and uh, they go outside and they see this old Lincoln pull up 
and they said it looked pristine. Like it didn't look like it had been ran through the ringer. I mean, but it just, it looked brand new, but it was just an older Lincoln and two tall guys get out of the car and the kids walk down, get in the car and, you know, she's storming down there to yell at him. You know, she's, she's about to pop her top and they, uh, she gets a, pretty close and they, he, the guy looks over and says, don't come any closer. And she goes, well, you're going to, you know, you need to tell me what the hell these kids are doing. And he looks over at her and says, you're done. She gets a bloody nose, runs back in the house. And, and again, I, I can't verify this story. Terry was a good guy. Never, never exaggerated things. And so I, I look into the black eyed children and what's funny is I was working third shift and I was going through, uh, you know, the radio and there's this radio show called coast to coast AM. And it's just a radio show where they tell, uh, you know, similar to my channel, if it's paranormal or weird, they cover it on this radio show and they have this guy call in from Connecticut tells a very similar story to Terry's about the, uh, the black, a black eyed children connection. And, and Terry had just told me this story you know, earlier that night. So wow. there's no way Terry knew about this. Cause this was the, you know, it was live on the air. So he had no idea that they were going to have that story was going to happen. And so I started looking into you know, doing some research and these stories are common. These kids will show up. Um, Cause you know, you, as an adult, you, you want to help out kids the best you can. You're not going to let them outside and freeze to death. You're going to try and help them. They, uh, they get into your house and they cause fucking havoc. Um, if they, the long, it seems like the longer they stay in, the, the worse the outcome is in the long term. Rather it be, you know, someone, you know, someone in the family comes down with cancer, or the dog dies, something wow. always terrible happens the longer they're in the house. But it seems like the parents show up. The sooner you figure out there's something wrong, that's when the parents will show up. Yeah, like, like right. So if you're on to yeah, exactly. the parents, come get them. Kind of like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I, like I, I can't help but love all this stuff. And, and the thing is, you <laughs> know, when it comes to stuff that I can't validate, I'm always a little cautious to, to even publish it. But there are so many stories from not, and, and it's not just in the U.S. There's stories in the U.K. There's stories, um, you know, in Ireland. There's a bunch, bunch in Northern Ireland. Canada had, had them. There was some in Mexico, you know, so there, it's all over. So I was like, man, you know, even though I can't verify these statements, I've never seen these children myself one-on-one. -on -one. There are too many stories from two different time periods or too many different time periods. And they, they have so many similar details, but there's no way these people know each other that it kind of, you know, validates the claims right there that, you know, someone in the eighties and, and Tijuana sees them. And then somebody in Corpus Christi sees them in 2004, like, you know, and, and some of the stories, like I had to dig through books yeah. and books and books to find these things. Like it wasn't as simple as just a quick Google search. So it's, it's not like, you know, somebody looked it up on the internet and then published it so they can get some internet clout. Damn. Well, Bob, there's, uh, a, okay. there's something I'd like to do. I'd like to get your opinion on something. Um, you know, we do a conspiracy show called Conspiracy 420. And that's kind of how we got you know we found out about you because one of the fans of the show you know sent us in your direction but um yeah jack, jack d, d big fan of the show and um one thing that we've gotten into a few times in in the conspiracy 420 show is the subject of giants okay and how the smithsonian has covered up um th this this whole mystery for a long time um i'm gonna read you a quote and I'm going, yeah. to tell, I'm going to ask you if you've, if you've ever heard it before. Okay, you ready? It says, the eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara as our... Uh, I know that was... Uh, you know who said was that? that? John Higley. It was, it's, that's in the Library of Congress. Really? No, somebody hmm. way more No, famous. I don't know one. Really? Okay. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. Lincoln. Lincoln yeah. was uh, in 1848. He was campaigning for Zachary Taylor, who was running for president, and he went to Massachusetts to campaign for him. And on the way back, he stopped at Niagara Falls, 
and he was supposed to make a speech there. He wrote something up, but the speech never occurred. But in his records, the speech, he, he kept it. And that's a quote from it. And it's very interesting yeah. because he mentions giants. This is Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Now, you also, when we were just talking about the skinwalkers, you mentioned the Shawnee Indians. And uh, there was a Chickasawaba tribe. Uh, they were, I think they were part of the Shawnee Indians. And uh, Chief Chickasawaba was, when they found his skeleton, it was 10 feet tall. Okay. He also had double rows of teeth which is a very common trait among bones that have been found of that size that people think are giants. They have like two, two sets of jaws, one smaller, one bigger inside each other. Okay. And uh, these reports were actually written up in, in papers like the New York times in the late 19th century. Okay. Yep. Also burial mounds have been found through, all yep. the Midwest, Ohio, okay, was one your state, uh, Illinois, Missouri, okay, and they would find these giant mounds, and this was happening as the country moved west in the 1800s. They would find these things, okay, and what, what would happen is they would dig into the mound, and often they would find skeletons, and the skeletons were all giants. They were people 10 feet tall, 8, 9, 10 feet tall. And they all had, you know, two sets of jaws, uh, which is, like I said, you know, one of the signs. And um, the Smithsonian caught on with this. And uh, I kind of think it's interesting because the Smithsonian yeah. doesn't acknowledge any of this now. Okay. And um, they were actually in charge of certain expeditions to gather these skeletons from people across the country that had them. But yet the Smithsonian denies everything. Now they don't have these bones. They say uh, they don't know anything about it, but yet there's publications going back to the 1800s saying the Smithsonian, you know, is in charge of this and they bought a skeleton from this person. And back in the 1800s, it, it, it was not uncommon to find these, these, these skeletons and, you know, people accepted it that there was some kind of race here, probably before the Indians. Now, the Indians, like you, when you mentioned the skinwalkers, they, how they have that, that story in different tribes. It's the same with giants. Indians, the, the different tribes all have these common stories where at one point the tribes had to fight these giants. Yeah, uh, are you guys okay. are you guys you ever heard anything with, about uh, the author John Keel? A little bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, so John Keel wrote a book uh, called Mothman Prophecies, covering the area of high strangeness all throughout, um, you know, West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, so on and so yeah. forth. Well, he, so he was from Manhattan, um, and the, he has a an excerpt uh, in that book where he talks about. Uh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Cardiff, New York. Um, so October, don't quote me on the exact date. It's in October, eight, 18, late 1800s. Um, they were digging a well and they discovered a 10 foot giant in, in New York as well. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did some research into this cause I mean, I have wow. a, uh, you know, a Celtic background. I come from, you know, Nordic bloodline. I'm, we're actually I'm a third generation American myself. So I, sure. you know, we ha my family hasn't been here very long and there's the giants of Ireland, you know, we have giants crossway in Ireland. I've been out that way and to hear the locals talk when they mm -hmm. did excerpt some of these, these giants outside of, you know, the, the Irish countryside, they were 10, 12, 14 feet tall. And, you know, I talk to some folks and they're like, oh, well, that just sounds ridiculous. And I'm like, well, I, I'm six foot seven, just about. And, you know, I, 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 really? Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I come from wow. this, this area yeah. <laughs> that's in that area. So it's a proven fact, you know, over the years, people have gotten smaller. So what's to say that my lineage 400 years ago, 500, 600 years ago, didn't come from these 10 foot tall Goliaths. Like there's, if you notice people aren't as tall as they used to be, 
like the average height is going down progressively and it's going to get to a median margin. So I've yeah. always said there's, there's no way that at one time, I mean, cause we, it's been proven biologically, you know, humans will adapt to whatever they need to, to survive. Let's go back to the stone age. When you have woolly mammoths walking around, you can't have a little five foot, 510 pound guy fighting a woolly mammoth. You need, yeah, you, you need, you would need 10 foot, 12 foot yeah, tall people that can swing around, you know, clubs the size of tree trunks just to survive and make it to this point. So, yeah. Let, let, let me ask you this though. What about, well, again, I mean, yours? we, we look at, at, at preservation of food. I mean, right now we, we have, I mean, you, you can go down to, to, to your local Walmart or Kroger and get you a, a slab of baby back ribs with no fat on it whatsoever. Back then, you 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 hunt a caribou and knock it out. There is no preservation. You're eating that thing as soon as you can. You need that. You need two sets of teeth. You need a strong jawbone just to be able to eat. Right. Back then, I mean, you have to eat on the spot. Food was a lot harder to come by, and it was a lot harder in consistency back then as well. Yeah. 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 Now, but what's so interesting about this, and and kind of strange, is the Smithsonian's attitude about the whole thing. Um, they, they don't acknowledge it as, as a fact. They can't even find information within their own records of it. So they say, okay, but you know, obviously they were involved. Now people, people's opinions on this vary. Some say that, uh, they accused the Smithsonian and the government of, you know, getting rid of these skeletons to kind of keep that whole evolution theory intact and, you know, the history of the United States to be believed in a certain way, because obviously if you had giants here, you know, beforehand, it kind of blows the whole, you know, theory of evolution and everything open. Um, But, you know, recently we've heard about the Smithsonian because when Congress was fighting about this stimulus bill over the last couple couple of weeks, one little thing in there was $1 billion for the Smithsonian. And I said to myself, I said, well, why do they need a billion dollars? First of all, they're closed because of COVID. Okay. Why do they need a billion dollars? And I'm like, well, maybe it's to just keep covering up all these things, not just giants. Okay. I think that they have a lot of information in that place, probably even about UFOs. And we've had some oh, yeah. UFO activity um, recently. Smithsonian has a, has a long standing. I mean, okay. we, we were just talking about John Keel. There, there were uh, you know several instances with Keel where he would go out into these places, and uh, people would come from you know several different government agencies and say, "Oh, well, I represent the Smithsonian. I'm here on behalf to make sure that no uh, documents are destroyed or, or, or what have you." And the Smithsonian actively denied this. Said, wow. we, we don't have agents. We're not sending people out to do this kind of stuff." Okay, well, you are. And, you know, they say that they also have, uh, yes, again, this is the same group that says that they had no interest in, um, you know, publicly found treasures and whatnot throughout the Americas and in the area. And yet uh, recently there was a treasure, a great treasure hunt by Forrest Fenn and the Smithsonian um, tried to stake claim on this treasure that was found. And yet officially they said, oh, no, we didn't do that. Well, it turns out you did. It also turns out that if we dig into it a little bit more, there's evidence that stuff from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base made its way into the Smithsonian, you know, relating to aliens and extraterrestrial activity. And yet you are telling me it doesn't exist. Yet there, I mean, there's blueprints out there that show underground caverns underneath the Smithsonian for things to get in and out of completely sight unseen. Correct. So stuff underneath the, that, the, the that, actual museum. That's the theory. They're, store, they're storing yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's, that's the theory. That's, I've that, never that's, been there. Wow. I can't substantiate that. But that that's a pretty – I mean, because it does make sense when you um, – you know, yeah. there's been people that have – go there you know, religiously basically. And they're like, yeah, they had these giant exhibits and um, you know, of, of whatever, and they're gone. And no one's ever really seen them come and go. So wh- where are they storing them? Where are they – Exactly. Hmm. Where they, where do they go? Yeah. Also, also, oh, Rob. That's a, that's yeah, no, no, Rob. Remember we did that show on the on the pyramids in America. Okay, now now, yeah. Rob. Um, back around the early part of the 20th century, in Arizona at the Grand Canyon, 
there was an expedition that was sponsored by the Smithsonian. They deny it now. I, I can't recall the archaeologist's name off the top of my head, but they, the, the, the press in Arizona was following him down uh, the Colorado River on his way towards the Grand Canyon. So every like week or, to- week or two, yeah. there was like an update on how he was getting down there. And he w- what he was looking for was a story of, uh, that was told to him about Egyptian artifacts in the Grand Canyon. Okay. And yes. uh, basically this guy, he found it. Um, it. The Colorado River goes through and there was a, a mountainside in the Grand Canyon with a cave opening that was 200 feet off the river, the coast of the, of the river. In other words, you got out, but you had to go up 200 feet to this opening. And they took a camera up there and they filmed it. Uh, he had like old fashioned camera equipment with him and everything. And, you know, they filmed it and he did take some stuff and the Smithsonian supposedly sponsored this and have, you know, have this stuff. But the Smithsonian, when you ask them today, if any ancient Egyptian artifacts have ever been found in, in the yeah. in either North or South America, they say no. But meanwhile, there's there's press at the time. Oh, yeah, and, and it's it's completely believable. They, I mean, it's, it's yeah, but but that would blow a hole into the whole, you know, if if, if the ancient Egyptians, who I believe were way ahead of of their time, okay, probably our time in some ways, okay, if they made it to the Grand Canyon area, that blows a hole into the whole legacy and of the, this country and the you know the, the the north and south america and the history of it and you know who was here first and and all the different uh civilizations so yeah i mean i, I just think like you know when going back to the one billion dollar you know amount that they were putting aside for the museum oh, 100%. i think that's a lot of money. i, I, I fully i fully believe that they have right? you know a, a lot more than they show the public because yeah. it's you know it's under the guise of a museum. It's incredibly easy to order things, mm-hmm. you know, like storage containers, like titanium storage containers, for example, like looking, looking up the manifests, just something that simple. Um, right. and, and granted, the Smithsonian was part of the same group who ran a smear campaign against the Vikings being the ones who actually discovered America first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's entirely plausible. Yep, they didn't want that they, to be known. You know, right. They, they want, right. I, I've yeah. been to the Smithsonian. They, they want to... Right preserve the the ideology of that you know columbus discovered america we had the revolutionary war that's how we're here that's that's the narrative that they are choosing to stick with and they they you know it's it's been uh you know, I've, I've read it in several books that they'll go to great lengths to preserve that and to silence people who have proof of, of it otherwise right right and it's you know in this age of the internet i mean you know, these stories get out. If yeah, you would have told me this, you know, that's, that's the thing. Though, when I, uh, <laughs> when I do know. a lot of this research, it's fucking wild because, I mean, I look at, you know, I, I, the John Keel situation. They said he was insane when he was digging into all of this stuff back in the 60s. And then he, he you know, he discovered his phone was being tapped, mm-hmm. went down to the phone uh, provider in Manhattan. They they let him in and they said, oh yeah, that is weird. Your phone is being tapped, but it's not being tapped on our end. It's being tapped in your house. And he lived in a, you know an apartment in Manhattan. Well, they they look at the tap. They they did some some you know, detective work, and it ends up being he's being tapped by like four different government agencies at the same time back in the '60s. But these are the same guys who are saying, you're fucking crazy. There's no Mothman out in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. There's no giants that roam the earth. There's no this, there's no that. Yet they went through all of this hassle just to tap his phone so they could stay one step ahead of him. Like, I'm sorry, but that wow. you, know, you don't waste that kind of time and resources and effort That's if, amazing. If, if it's all shit. No, no, they don't. Guys, let me bring up something. Maybe, Bob, you might be able. Do you ever remember the people that got kicked out of Scientology and they started a church of the Final Judgment? Is that the name of the church, Bob? Uh, that name right? rings a bell. Is, there was a, 
the guy that goes back to the David David um David Burkeris and um oh, Charlie Manson right, right, they were guys right. or the Church of the Final, Final Judgment. Right. They were the, also was... with the Church of Satan and all that too was involved with that. I believe. Yeah, I remember that. That that did you ever hear that story, Bob, about how there's a connection between oh, yeah, Charles yeah, yeah. Manson there, there was and a, the son of Sam, David so Burkowitz. That, that whole thing with Scientology, I, I had I had to do a lot of digging into Scientology with this Egress stuff because there were some I thought there might have been some connections. Um, oh my god! Yeah, so, <laughs> hmm. yeah. there is exactly. And the Manson thing. Like um, I mean, there was a guy, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to butcher too many of the details. I, I read this book when it came out. Um, he read a wrote a book about Charles Manson and how Manson had ends with the U.S. government and all kinds of things like that. You know, they, when he got in trouble, um, like the second or third time they tried to get him to go to Mexico to get a job, like testing soil. And, you know, he was a, you know, a flight risk at that point had connections with, right. you know, known you know, basically what would end up being terrorist attacks and terrorist organizations and cells within the U S and yet somehow he's getting this job and getting sent to fucking Mexico to go test soil with no background whatsoever in this, no schooling, no, no anything, no type of formal training. In uh, this, this guy, I can send it to you later. Um, wow. he, he did a lot of digging into Manson and found that there was connections to high ranking government officials. Uh, you know, vice president of the United States had connections with Manson all up and down the board. And he goes through a lot of the, uh, the precursors to you know, the Sharon Tate murders and stuff. And, and, and he, it seems like it could have been a prevented massacre yeah. if Ooh. the government didn't have their hands in it. Like, I mean, there's theories about him being connected with MK ultra and that he was given mass amounts of acid and, and you know, the acid brought it his brain yeah. and, and then he created this cult following and that's how he yeah. know, related to the son of Sam and, and, and all, all of these different people was because it, it he was an incredibly intelligent man and the, wow. the going theory is the acid kind of brought him back down to be able to think like a regular person, but his intelligence and IQ was still incredibly high. So he could always see 10 steps ahead. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. That, that's insane. You know, what's funny. Wasn't Charles Manson also yeah. connected to like the Beach oh, yeah. Boy? He was he was hanging out with the Beach Boys. Yeah, there was obviously but yeah, before that he was writing songs with them and playing with them. It's, it's amazing. I wanna bring up one more thing. Um you remember Carl Castle? The fraud of Carl, that castle that the guy knew how to build stuff like the ancient um Egyptian. And he did that pyramid in Coral Castle. Oh, the, 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 uh, the Coral Castle in Florida, right, where he could move those stones with his mind. Uh, I, I've seen yeah, some Yeah, well, you pictures. think about that, Bob. Um, you ever seen the stuff on that? It's I, interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, looking at the uh, – yeah, I, I just pulled some pictures up now. Looking at it, I mean, I – I so if you would ask me, and again, I'm, I'm I, I have a, I do have a documentary coming out, so I'm not going to share too much. But if you would ask me six, you know, um, if you would ask me six months ago, do I believe in magic and do I believe in Ooh, a higher <laughs> being or state of mind or or whatever, um, rather it be helped by aliens or telekinesis? If you would ask me six months ago, I'd be like, you're fucking stupid. I don't believe that. I, I saw, I've seen some things and learned some things in the last six months that have changed my entire course of life. Now, I'm college educated. I have several college degrees. I have a law enforcement military background. I'm not crazy. Um, I'm not a genius by any means, but I do have you know what I would consider a decent amount of intelligence. And my entire world, you know, at 28 years old, I thought I had it figured out. I thought I knew what life was. So I thought I knew how things were going to go and what was real and what wasn't. And I've seen some stuff in the last six months that uh, make me now believe that nothing is out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we've done uh, a few shows on ancient Egypt and stuff like that. And I believe that there's a lost technology within that civilization, that that's how they were able to build these pyramids and what the use of the pyramids were really for. They were power sources and stuff like that. And uh, the Coral Castle thing, the guy who built it, 
you know, I think he claims that he tapped into that hidden kind of force or technology that they used. And that's how he was able to, to move these things. Okay. He, with his hands, he could move yeah. them. And they were like giant, you know, pieces of stone. So it's, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, I do definitely, I mean, you know, we've been doing the, this podcast conspiracy 420 for about a year and a half now. And, and, and I'm, I've changed, like, like you said, yeah, I've changed my position on so many things. Like I never would have believed in this stuff. I said, you're crazy. Okay. But it's when you do this research, um, what one guy that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you might be familiar with is Graham Hancock, the author. Okay. I mean, I love his stuff. Okay. Cause he goes to like, you know, Egypt and Ethiopia and places like that. And he's, he's yeah, I know he has a lot of like um, pseudoscientific stuff. experiments Books and stuff. And it, it, yep. Right. Searching for yeah, so the searching one for thing the I, I, I've been recommending this to everybody. Like that. Fascinating. Look in, and again, I'm going to preface this with this guy was out of his fucking mind. Like, I'm just going to get that out of the way because I get a lot of hate for recommending people look into this. <laughs> Um, the writings of Aleister Crowley. <laughs> um, the this I mean oh, the yeah. guy was I've using read. Read. ancient occult rituals oh, yeah. from hundreds of years ago to contact ultra terrestrial beings, and that is tying more and more into the stuff I'm investigating. The more I read about him and I read about what happened, I mean, listen, the guy's a fucking nut job. I'm, and pe- people get furious. I mean, I, I get, I, I'm going to get 10 emails when this goes oh, live because I'm saying he's a fucking thing. Um, but there are, yeah, I mean, I, I'm literally reading book four right now. We read the book, <laughs> we read the book of the book, law. Um, so also another author, if you, if you've okay. read any of the Crowley stuff, Alan Greenfield's uh, secret cipher, the euphonauts where he uh, cracks the book of the law uh, and it's a cipher. The whole thing's a fucking cipher. Um, okay. it's, it's pretty wild and that, that we'll talk for another two hours wow. if, if we get into that much, um, you know, that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's for another day. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's for another day. Cause we can sit here like we can go back to the Montag project, um, and talk about freaking bill. Um, yeah. The guy that um, time traveled. It's, it's all wild. Like I said, it's thousands of years into, into this the kind future. Of stuff. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm particular. I, I get emails saying, Hey, Bob, look into this. This is, you know, this is happening. This is, this is, this, this is that. And ultimately I'm, I'm particular about what I cover, but like I said, there's, it's this last six months has changed my life completely. Like yeah. 180 on what I thought existed. Um, I, I didn't believe in any of any of this stuff until I'll, some of the stuff I, I've seen with my own eyes firsthand. I've been present during some of these strange occurrences. And again, that'll, the documentary comes out and it'll, it'll cover a good bit. Cause there's this whole new series. I just started that has me going all over the fucking country, digging out stuff. Um, but it's, it's gotten to the point now where, um, you know, the, the drive to, to live a day-to-day life is kind of gone away. <laughs> and all I, all, all I'm caring about is getting these stories correct. Um, yeah. And, and that's, uh, big thing for me right now is making sure the stories are preserved and they're told because the problem that I'm running into is a lot of these stories that haven't been covered that I'm digging into these people are 60, 70, 80 years old and it's like I'm in a now I'm in a time crunch I gotta get these stories documented Um, wow exactly right, right, you never know what could happen with them, right? yeah you know what's funny? Me and Mike also did a whole three-part. We did a three-part about uh, Flat Earth, and we talked to, like, Mark Sargent and a yeah. bunch of people. People thought we were out of our minds, but we just want to talk to them. You know, we just we just want to ask questions and talk to Like I like to talk to people. I like to feel people out. The same thing, like, I heard about your show, and I thought you were fascinated. I even put on my Facebook page to share it because, Definitely. You're doing great work. Whatever you're doing, it's great, and I love the way you sound. It's almost like outside mystery. You got a great voice. Yeah, and, yeah, I guess, dude. Yeah. You got to keep up the great work, cause um, and I know you just started your own podcast. Uh, so it's it's just Tales from the Dark. Um, uh, how can Apple people podcasts, get to that? Spotify, how can people get to your uh, podcast? podcast what is Podbean, basically all, all the major areas. We have two episodes up. Um, the next episode goes live tomorrow, um, and we're. <sighs> 
there's a lot changing this year. Uh, I'm going to be doing two episodes yeah. a week, a live stream every week uh, where it's like an interactive deep dive with my followers and subscribers on Facebook, where we're just going to, we're going to look at things that I don't have time to make videos on and I'm going to plant the seed. And my goal is I want as many people who don't have a voice to have a voice. If you want something interesting to look into, you want to be a part of something different that's a group of like-minded people you uh, i'm going to give them a place to come once a week we're gonna do a live stream we're gonna get together we're gonna dig into this as a unit um and, and that's gonna be we're gonna cover everything and then i, I have a new video that goes live every sunday and then i've been working on this documentary since september i'm hoping to have it done by spring um because once the first episode's out it's like it's it's gonna be a, an episodic sequence. It's it's gonna be one after the next after the next, and I'm gonna be everywhere. Uh, yeah. So. Wow! 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 All right, Bob. I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, just you know, you're, you're fascinating. You're interesting. You're a you're a truth seeker like a, like we are. Uh, I wish you all the best with the shows and yep. documentaries and everything that you're doing. You say you're coming <laughs> east, maybe in the guys. summer. Look us up, man. Definitely some whiskey coming down. <laughs> yeah. And Bob, let me ask you one more question. I love the way you almost yeah, yeah. you end every show with never I, I ending that, and man. always growing. This world from from the from the strange people. That. Every time I close one door, window That's opens fantastic. up. So it's, it's always the never ending and always growing tales from the dark. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, let me tell you something. If you ever need me and Mike to join one of those chats just to sit down and talk to you live with some of your followers, it'll be great because, you know, we, we have a lot of knowledge and a lot of – you'd be surprised hey, how much you we are knowledge are stuff that we have. That 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 we have that we have <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always looking for, for people you. that are you know, non-judgmental and are just – for that next step in life and that's that's a big thing for me is you know i didn't know there was more than some you know, i thought it was just me that was you know a fucking weirdo who was looking for looking past you know the, the looking glass basically and, and i've met so many amazing people in the last six months who there's a whole world yeah. out there of people like us who are looking <laughs> for you know they're not just they're not satisfied with the status quo they're not satisfied with this is true because you say it's true exactly looking for answers and asking questions. That's what we do. All right. All right, guys. Thank you. This is uh, a great episode of the podcast. Uh, Bob Hicks, thank you for um, sparing your time. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of stuff. But we have a saying in this show. Get drunk. Get Don't get up. drunk. <laughs> and let's get lumped up. And we'll see you next week. Have a good one. And Bob, I'll let you know. We're going to put this up and we'll send you the link. And if you want to send me your Sounds tape of what guys. you uh, um, you recorded, we'll put it up and I'll edit it a little bit. We should have a great show.